I'm just glad to be here. Um, I feel like something good is going to happen to us before the end of the year is out. I really do. I really feel something good is going to happen in your life. Encourage somebody, say something good is going to happen in your life. All right. This coming week, this coming few Sundays, not this one, but the next few Sundays, I'm going to be talking about the glory the next few Sundays and how it's relevant in your life and how you need it. All right. Now, tonight, I want you to to direct your attention to Joshua, the fifth chapter, the later verses, and then I'm going to move to Joshua chapter six and the earlier verses. Um, Joshua chapter five, verse 13 through 15, we're going to read. And then I'm going to read Joshua chapter six in the early verses and go from there. Amen. All right. So we on the screen about to get it started. New King James Version. And it says, and it came to pass when Joshua was led. I mean, excuse me, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked and behold, a man stood opposite with him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandal off your foot for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now let's read the earlier verses of Joshua chapter six. And it said, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse two says, and and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. Verse three says, you shall march around the city. All you men of war, you shall go all around the city once this you shall do six days. And I believe verse four should be on the screen. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the servant, I mean, excuse me, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall blow the trumpets. I want to talk to you tonight about you need an instruction. You need a instruction. What do I mean by this? Ladies and gentlemen, I believe we're in one of those crucial times of the year. And I believe we're in a crucial time because we're going to another decade, the next decade. And I really do believe that some of you have different um, ideas that you have, but you don't know necessarily you you don't know necessarily what um, how to 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 accomplish it. You don't necessarily know exactly all right you have this in mind of what you need to do and you feel like you're in the will of God but you don't necessarily know how to like you know get over that hump the next thing that's going to get you over the hump that's going to get you to where you believe God is leading you to does that make sense tonight 
And so you're trying to figure it out. And um, here in our text, ladies and gentlemen, we have Joshua. Joshua has now taken over as the leader of the uh, of the children of Israel after Moses had died. And in Joshua chapter one, in the earlier verses, God says to Moses that, hey, listen, man, uh, excuse me. God says to Joshua that my servant Moses has died. And now he's saying he's charging him to be strong and courageous and let him know that I'll be with you and everything like that. And now Joshua has led them uh, past the Jordan uh, and, and, and God split the Jordan open for them during one of the uh, times of its high tide. And God split the Jordan open for them. And then God tells Joshua to circumcise the children of Israel because they had not been circumcised. In other words, that was a physical thing. It was a physical display of an inward, uh, of really of an inward thing that God was separating now this new generation of children Israelites unto himself. And so now while they are recovering, ladies and gentlemen, while the men are recovering from being circumcised, Jer uh, Joshua uh, goes and, and, he, and he looks over to Jericho. He moves from where the camp is and he himself goes over to look at Jericho. And, he, and, and, and Jericho is a fortified city. In other words, it has walls that are surrounding uh, its city. It's not that, ladies and gentlemen, that Jericho was this large city. City. It was just an important city that if they can go through it, it would shorten up their time. All right. And so it was not that, ladies and gentlemen, that Jericho was so a big city and they were coming to occupy it. No, they were coming to go through Jordan so they can get to where they really needed to be. So, excuse me, get through Jericho so they can get to where they really needed to be. And what is happening is, is that Jericho uh, is what's happening is that Jericho is standing right in the way of them really getting to promised land. And so Joshua, he's a military guy because before he takes over Israel, he served as a commander over Israel. He was a man of war. He was a tactical man. He was on the battlefield when Moses, uh, when Moses had his hands lifted, he was on the field fighting. That was who uh, 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 Joshua was, ladies and gentlemen. And so Joshua is a man of war. He's a tactical man. He's a strategist. And he's looking at Jericho and he's looking like, how in the world are we supposed to go through it? How in the world are we are going to go to our promised land when we got these walls standing in the way of me and lead, me leading the children of Israel to get to this promise? So you're sitting there and you've been feeling like you're hitting a wall because you cannot figure out how can I get to the promised land? And it's seeming like this is going to take me a lot longer to get to because how are we going to get through these walls? What is a plan of attack that we can do? How is it going to happen? How can we strategize? How can we get it done? And I can just imagine, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm not trying to take away from the text or add something to it that is not there, but I can just imagine that that is going through the mind of Joshua because it would be going through my mind. It would be, I would be trying to ponder to myself, how in the world are we going to be able to move this amount of people and the fort and to take over this land? And guess what? The people of Jericho were nervous. They were already on alert that the children of Israel are on the way. 
because they have heard already about their God and what their God has done for this people. They have already heard about how God delivered them from Egypt. They had already heard how God not only split the Red Sea for Moses, but he split the Jordan for Joshua. And so they were already on alert for it. And they're trying to and, and they're wondering when is this attack going to happen? It's in Joshua chapter six. I'm not making this up. So he's there and they're trying to figure it out. When is this attack going to happen? So they're worried about the attack and when it's going to happen. They don't expect that it's going to happen right away. And neither does Joshua. All right. Neither does Joshua. And I'm telling you in the moment we don't know. And, 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 and the text, ladies and gentlemen, never tells us what Joshua was thinking. All right. It never tells us what Joshua is thinking. And sometimes what will happen is we'll tend to overthink a situation and overthink it to such a point where we take out the God element of everything. You take out the God element that, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me backtrack for a second. I, I'm a child of God. Do you not know that does, that does matter? Do you not understand that God, a part of the equation, will take what would take months to do and you do it in the matter of weeks? In the matter of days, you know, did you not understand that when it came to the Jordan during the moment of its very high tide season, that it would have took months, uh, months for them to cross through it. But God had them do it within a day. Do you not understand that when you do stuff for God, not only not, not I'm not saying that things are going to just happen like that because God will take you through a process. But I'm telling you, your process won't be as strenuous as some others because. God is in the equation. But a part of God being in the equation is your level of obedience. See, here's the thing. God can be a part of the equation, but if you're not being obedient to what he has already told you to do, such as what Joshua has been, he has been obedient to everything that God has given him an instruction to do. And he did it accordingly. And he did it, uh, uh, and he did it immediately. Sometimes we hear a word from God and we just sit on it and don't do nothing about it. We just say, oh, we'll get to that later. I'm going to do my own thing. But that's not, jo that's, that's not what Joshua was about. Joshua said, OK, I'm going to I'm going to do it. When he said to circumcise the children of Israel, he did it. When God told him to be strong and courageous, he did it. He did not. He, he did not waver in his obedience. He didn't say, oh, I don't like that instruction. God, I'm not going to do that. Oh, God, I don't like this. I'm not going to do that. No, he didn't say that. He said, OK, cool, I'm going to do it. And a lot of us, we make we want to make treaties with we want to make uh, 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 concessions with God. You want to make. A, yeah, uh, can we do this way? Can we do that way? And what you're doing is all you're doing is adding more to your time. Because God's sitting here waiting on you. But yeah, oh, I'm just waiting on God to just give me a blessing. No, 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 no. God is waiting on you to make sure your disobedient self gets in line to what his will is so that he can open up the door for you. But if you are still constantly being so over analytical, if you're so in your mind trying to figure out this and that and how this is going to be. And if you, oh, my God, underestimate the God factor in it, then where is your faith? The reality is a lot of us, we tell you about these, how God opened up the Red Sea, how God did this and how God did that. But you don't really believe it. You just think it's Bible stories. 
that these things didn't happen. Oh, God did it for these people, but God couldn't do it for you. That's what you believe. You think that this is all, uh, oh, this is all far-fetched. Like this is some type of story that God just put together so you can believe it. No, this is real accounts with real people. History, ladies and gentlemen. And not only that, not only is it history, but it happens for people in their everyday lives now. How when they trust God, watch how God opens up. And shows you his faithfulness and his mercy. But if you don't believe that, you're just going to be sitting on the side of the road watching everybody who do trust God get ahead while you still you still stand there as a skeptic. So a lot of us are have a lot of skepticism when it comes down to God. You're skeptical of this and you're skeptical of that. How can I trust a God I can't even see? How can I trust this and how can I trust that? And my thing is, God is the most surest thing that you'll ever have. How do I know this? Because God doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's the only thing that stays consistent. Matter of fact, how can I trust God? Because I see God's creation. There doesn't, let me tell you something, ain't no osmosis created this. There is no evolution that started this. It's God and a creation in his hand that has put everything to where it needs to be. And God reveals himself all throughout scripture to man so that you may come and realize how God is real. Ladies and gentlemen, your skepticism will not open doors. Your skepticism, that your skepticism will not allow you to see how God was willing to open up and really show you who he is. That's why some people can't receive salvation because they're so skeptical. Are you sure Jesus died? Yes, he died. How do we know this? Well, let's go on the physical evidence. We don't even take you in the Bible. Let's look at the tomb. Where is he? Did you find his bones? No. They're still looking for it. Oh, y'all just saying that in your Bible. No, there's actual writings of historians who lived in that time with Jesus. Oh, did Jesus come from Egypt? No, he didn't come from Egypt. He came from Bethlehem. He moved to Egypt for a season because uh, 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 for a season because Herod was trying to kill him as a as a baby. How about that? All of this black Hebrew Israelite stuff. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> So we believe all of this junk and we allow other stuff to get in the way of us really believing God by faith. So when you don't believe God by faith, you become disobedient because you don't really believe that he can do that. Unbelief, my friend, will never allow you to see God's hand move if you're rooted in unbelief. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Pastor Dom, the executive pastor here at Transformation Christian Fellowship. And we're asking you to connect your faith with ours as a church by participating in our Only Believe Capital Campaign. Your contribution to our campaign will allow us the opportunity to acquire space and relocate to the Silver Spring area. Currently here in the Clarksville, Maryland area, we have service here at five, but it's extremely limited. We can only have service at five. But your contribution to our campaign will allow us the opportunity to relocate to Silver Spring and start our service at an earlier time where more people will be able to come and experience our church and be a part of our Sunday worship experience. Giving to the campaign is really simple. Just go to your phone and text 77977 to TCF1. And under the tab fund, all you have to do is select the Only Believe Capital Campaign. Enter your amount and just click Give. It is that simple. 
Thank you for partnering with us and believing God for the impossible along with us as a church. And remember, transformation starts We want you to connect your faith with us as we embark on an ambitious capital campaign entitled Only Believe. Support us by playing a part in the next stage of our church's history. Matter of fact, you shouldn't even expect to receive anything from God if you have unbelief. That's James chapter 1. He cannot, it's hard, a double-minded man will not receive anything from the Lord. They're tossed from sea to sea. Why? You're tossed in your mind as far as your doctrine, what you believe. You don't really believe that God is who he says he is. So you have all of this, and God is the biggest factor in it. And, Je and Joshua is looking and figuring out how in the world are we going to push through this. But here's the funny thing. His thinking has not got him here. <laughs> Your wits have not got you here. God is the one who got you here. Joshua couldn't help himself. And we're not beating up on Joshua. Joshua's doing the realistic thing, uh, the right thing to do. He's, he's coming over there seeing how in the world is this going to happen. He's trying to figure it out. And here's what God will do. God will show up. And God does show up. Why does God show up? Because God will show up so you don't go overthinking stuff and screw it up. <laughs> How about that? How many of you will look at a situation, I'll tell on myself, and be like, okay, I know we're supposed to do this, but we're going to do this, this, and that. God said, hold up, wait a minute, scratch those plans. We're going to do it my way. <laughs> this is how you're going to do it. Watch this. So in this text, you see a man that shows up. A man shows up, it says, a man shows up and Joshua sees this man. Joshua boldly goes up to this man. Joshua is in obedience because God told him to be strong and courageous. And when you're in the will of God, you can be very strong and be very courageous. When you are in disobedience and in unbelief, you'll be a coward. You will be cowardly. You will not stand strong. You will not look strong. Why? Because you are in unbelief, because you're in sin, you're in shame and condemnation. But when you are in the will of God, I have a boldness. I have a confidence that comes upon me. Why do I have that? Because I know I am in the will of my father. And so when, I, when Joshua steps up to this man, he said, who are you with? Whose side are you on? This man, unfortunately, looks at Joshua and tells him, doesn't even answer his question. The man says, I'm on. You would think that the man would say, no, I'm not on the enemy's side. He says, I'm not on neither one of your sides. I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> How about that? He said, listen, I'm not on your side. Or I'm on the Lord's side. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a big uh, theological debate on who is this man. Some people would say it's Michael, the archangel, uh, uh, who's a man, who's an angel of war. However, that would not be the man here, ladies and gentlemen, because clearly angels cannot be worshipped. It is forbidden for angels to be worshipped. Angels cannot be worshipped. So, who is this secret man here? Who is this, who is this man that appears? Ladies and gentlemen, I will submit to you that this is Jesus himself.
This is what we call in the Old Testament a theophany. It's theophany, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, let me explain. A theophany is when Christ revealed himself through the Old Testament, not always in human form. Ladies and gentlemen, he, removed, he revealed himself in Exodus chapter 3 to Moses through a burning bush. He revealed himself here to Joshua as the commander of the Lord's army. God revealed Jesus was all the way in the Old Testament. Matter of fact, the Bible will say in John that in the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God. And that we'll begin to, uh, by, by the word, the heavens and the earth was created. That Jesus was even in creation when God said, let us make man in our image. Ladies and gentlemen, this man is Jesus himself. Presented in a human body for that moment before he's fully carnated in the New Testament scripture. As we know to be Jesus the Christ. But here he's the commander of the Lord's army. And Joshua, when he hears him say, I'm on the Lord's side. What does he say in chapter five? He begins to say, he says this, and Joshua fell on his face and, and he worshiped. I will worship God too because you came right on time. Amen. <laughs> right when I needed you the most. The scripture says, and Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or our adversaries? So he said, no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come and Joshua fell on his face. I mean, fell to the earth and worshiped. And he said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Why? Because Joshua knows he needs an instruction. You need an instruction that's going to set up your next decade of your life. You need an instruction in order to get through the rest of this year. You need an instruction that will be so life changing that it will set you up. And God has the plan to set up your personal life, to set up your career, to set up your family, to set up your businesses. He has a plan. But will you be like Joshua and say, what does my Lord say to his servant? What do you have to say? I've been looking over Jericho, pondering how in the world this is going to happen. What do you have to say about it? Because I know if I get a word from God, it will be a word that is going to shoot me into my future and destiny. That's what I know. But if you don't value the word of God, you don't think that his word can change anything because you don't believe. But Joshua believed God and he believed and he said, Lord, what do you have to say? Have you ever taken a moment and have you taken a moment yet while you trying to think and figure it out and out of your own strength and what have you ever took the moment to think? What does God have to say about this? What does God have to, you know, listen, I need God for my everyday decisions. I don't know about you. God, what do you have to say about this person? What do you have to say about this? What do you have to, because God does have something to say. And believe it or not, God does speak. Pastor Brandon, are you telling me it's in an audible voice? No, I'm not telling you it's in an audible voice all the time. I'm telling you that God can speak through others. 
I'm telling you that God speaks through his word. I'm telling you that God will, God can speak to you and reveal some things to you and give you revelation. And that revelation will be so transformational that you can run with it and be encouraged about it. Why? Because God has given you an instruction. And with that instruction, you know, it's going to work. It's sure. But do you take a time to figure out, okay, God, before I take on this, somebody's bringing this to my attention before I take, what do you got to say about this? I don't need it to mess up my reputation. God, what do you have to say about this? I don't want it to, I don't want, I don't want to be out of your will. What do you have to say about this? He, he or she is trying to, you know, she, this might go to marriage, but I'm trying to figure out what you got to say. Cause I want to avoid this. I want to avoid it. If it ain't what you want, you know what I'm saying? And not my will, but your will be done. You need to get to a place where you ask God, how do you want me to raise my children? How do you want me to go forward in my friendships and different things like that? Why don't don't you take a moment and ask God, what do you think about this? Because you know what happens? You will save yourself a lot of trouble and time and energy if you go first to ask God, okay, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? How many of you are tired of wasting time on different things that are showing no result, that are not bearing fruit? The reality is you have to figure out what does he have to say? Because that's why we come to church for. We come to church to get instruction. We come to church. We don't get church, church, come to church just for a feel good. No, I'm coming because I need something that's going to help transform my life. To get me to where God has in store for me. That's what I'm coming for. Are you hearing me tonight? So Joshua's here. I'm almost done. Joshua's here. So he asks him, what do you have to say? And what he says is, take off your shoes. Why? He said, take off your sandals for the place where you stand is holy. Excuse me. He gives him a command. Take off your shoes. You're in the presence of a holy God. It's a matter of reverence and respect. Because guess what? Can I give you this? Before you conquer it, he has to conquer you. Before you conquer it, he has to first conquer you. And if you're not willing to lay it, lay it down and submit yourself to Jesus, you're not going to conquer anything. Jesus says in John, apart from me, you can do nothing. You know what? You and I are just arrogant enough because we think that we can do something without him. And that's because of your pride and your arrogance. And you think that you can do it without him. Jesus says, well, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do absolutely nothing. He guess what? Before you go conquering marriage, before you go conquering that business, before you go conquering that church, I got to first conquer your heart. We can't, we can't, we can't do this in and out stuff when it comes down to me. It's very black and white when it comes down to God. It's, it's no gray area with God. There is none. Either you're all in or you're not. Either you're all in or not. That is simple as day. And Jesus saying, do I have your heart? If I don't have that, you can tiptoe all you want to, but you're not going to conquer Jericho. <laughs> you're going to still be waiting for months. 
Let me know how that works out for you. Because <laughs> what Jesus is going to do, God is not going to force anything on you. Well, let me reword this. God will give you chances and he will send people to remind you of his word. But if you constantly, 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 constantly rebel against those opportunities, they will be gone. How do I know this? Ask me how. People, uh, people who were in Moses' generation, God gave them an opportunity, chances to go into the promised land. After a while, their disobedience and their complaining rose to God, and God said, you know what? None of you are going to see the promised land. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to your children, and your children will inherit the thing that you despised. And that's what's going to happen for some people. Believe it or not, your old disobedience, your rebellion, your arrogance will get you to miss the promised land and really get you to miss the promise. But if you feel like you got a better way to get to the promise, be my guest. Whatever your promise looks like is not God's. So, it's so, so you have to figure out what is good versus God's best. To the big difference here. Do you want God's best or you're just minimal good? What is that? No, I want God's best wife for me. Amen. I thank God I waited for that, you know. Sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. What is God's best? I want God's best for this church, TCF. I want God's best for not only this church, but for your life too. I don't want you to settle for just good, the minimal good of what you think to be good. I want you to settle for what God's good is. Because it will trump what you think. You thought that you was going to get that. God said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let me show you how I do things. <laughs> God knows what God does. He does it big. He does it big. Your new year starts where transformation begins. We're excited to bring the transformation experience back to you January 5th at 11.30 a.m. Vision Sunday. Experience our vibrant church community, dynamic praise and worship from Transformation Worship. Receive a powerful, relevant biblical message from Pastor Brandon Hill. Transform your life and start your new year off right. Vision Sunday. Transformation starts here. So watch this. I'm coming to a close, actually. I'm coming to a close. Now here it is. He, he, he tells him, take off his foot. So now we're in, so now, so he's in Jericho. Watch this. He says, now we, we know it says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of, of the children of Israel. None went out, none came in. For the most part, the rulers of, of Jericho locked the city in. Said, all y'all, there's nothing going on. We're just locking in. We can't let the children of Israel invade us the inside and on the out. No. So that was the idea. Lock them in. Don't let none of them get in because they'll try to attack us from the inside and then open it up and then take us all out. God said, mm, couldn't go over, Israel, over the walls. You couldn't go under. Building a tunnel would take months and years <laughs> to try to go under. It wasn't going to work. 
the technology was not sophisticated for that day. Amen. <laughs> there was not no bulldozers. All right, I'm coming with There was none of that stuff, okay? That was not happening in that day. We didn't have the military arsenal that we have now. There was no bombs, no weapons of mass destruction. None of that stuff was happening in that day. And so what we have here is Joshua trying to figure it out. And this is what the commander of the Lord's army says. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and mighty men of valor. That's great. It's in my hands. God has given it to us. Woo, yes. You shall go around the city. But here's the deal. This is going to sound unconventional to you. He says this. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. And the seven, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priest shall blow the trumpets. Now, if I was Joshua, Joshua did not do this, but me, just me thinking, what in the name of all heaven and earth is this instruction? What are you trying to do to us, man? Like, for real, what do you, what, what type of instruction is this? So let me break it down. So every day. For six days, they were ought to walk around the walls of Jericho once. Now, again, this ain't no small, like, it's not a small town here. <laughs> like, this is a walk. <laughs> this is not no, like, this is, this is a walk. Some miles of a walk. Amen. Tells I'm a, you got to walk around it. Sometimes God wants to see how willing you are able to do stuff that is unconventional to get to where he has for you. It's not a, it's the instruction. Will you do it? That's the big, big line. Will you do it? Are you willing? Are, do you believe that this instruction will get it done? Some of you like, oh, that's a weird instruction. This is weird. You know why it's weird? Because God is not using Israel to do it. He's just giving them an instruction to do something. He's not saying, hey, I'm going to put this weapon in your hand. And y'all gonna y'all gonna go in there and y'all gonna slay him? No, this ain't gonna. This is this is not how God is trying to set up the miracle. God wants them to see how their faithfulness before He does the rest of the work. Sometimes the most weirdest instruction is not a really about anything else as it is your faithfulness. How faithful are you, willing and obedient to His word? So for six days, they'll walk around at one time, and guess what? On the seventh day, <laughs> go march around it seven times. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'd be like, well, is there any relay races where we could, <laughs> where we could, you know, pass the baton and say, it's your turn. Walk around here. Dom, come here. I'm passing it on to you. <laughs> Next, you're in. <laughs> it was none of that. It was none of that. God didn't say for a specific people to walk around. He said, I want all of y'all to walk around this wall seven times. You know, you would have lost a lot of weight that day, on those days. <laughs> a lot of a lot of exercise. <laughs> 
want you to all walk around it. And guess what? On the seventh time, I want you guys to yell and blow trumpets. So on the seventh time, you don't say anything. But on the seventh time, I want you, when you're done walking around, blow the trumpets and yell. That's what I want you to do. And you know what Joshua does? He didn't do anything that I just told you. He said, cool, I'm going straight. To, he went straight to the priest, telling him this is God's instruction. He wants us for six days to march around that wall once. Seventh day, we're going to march around seven times. Now, if I was the people of Jericho, I'm looking at this. This is weird. I would be looking at them like, this is really, what in the world are they doing? I'd be like, you know, what is they doing? I don't think the people of Jericho expected this. <laughs> I think they were expecting, you know, arrows, inside out, whatever like that. I think that's what they were expecting. They weren't expecting this. I can believe you they were expecting this, right? So they weren't expecting this at all. But what happens? God gave them an instruction and because... <laughs> And God will give an instruction based upon a person's will and heart. Joshua's willingness to serve God and to lead his people is why God constantly favored them in the middle of their enemies. That's what I'm trying to help you with and help all of us with tonight. You know, I was wrestling with saying this, but Silver Spring is not a big town. It's just a necessary town. <laughs> to spread what we need to spread. And that's the good news of this gospel. This town, Clarksville, this was a step forward to get this church where it needs to go tonight. I'm telling you now, what we need is a prophetic instruction and with that instruction that you will listen and that you will follow what he has to say. Do you believe this word tonight? I'm going to stand your feet and give God a praise. Hallelujah. If you're not saved in this room tonight, I give you Jesus Christ. If you do not have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, I give you Jesus tonight. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something now. That if you do not know him as your personal savior, you are lost. You are lost. It's important to get to know who Jesus is.